Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. All right, guys, how's everybody doing? We doing all right tonight? Trying to stay dry? I feel like it's officially became fall at some point this week. Yeah, didn't it? It just came, became fall. Like my bones feel a little bit chillier than normal. The heat came on. Of course, my my son, my son uh, came downstairs the other day, and he's just like. He's like, Dad, what's going on? I'm bleeding everywhere. So, like, his nose got dry. Like, the heat went on, like, one day. Normally, we run humidifiers in their bedrooms, but, like, we just weren't thinking about it. And there's this man that he came on, and he's just like, Dad, I'm bleeding everywhere. I'm just like, all right. He's finally, he's finally bleeding for one time that I didn't cause it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? All right, guys, like, wrestling or even moms. You know, you know you're, you're playing with the kids, and, like, I have knocked out... I shouldn't say this. Is this recording? This is probably not good, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've knocked out at least two of his, his teeth during wrestling matches. Now, Grant, now give me a, get, they were a little bit loose to start with. I just helped accelerate the process. So if you see my little guy, you wonder why he has like a spot where there's no tooth. Like it, does, it wasn't totally ready to come out, but it came out a little bit sooner. Uh, and I just think that was just from wrestling. So anyway, it is getting chilly out there. That's okay because the leaves are changing, and you know what I love about, I love about fall, besides football, now I'm distracted, what else do I love about fall, I'm not sure, no, uh, what I love about fall is, you know, the leaves, the leaves change and they fall, and I don't love that part, but you know, they have to fall in order for them to come back again, you understand that, the tree has to be refreshed, the tree has to be renewed, and much like our life is a life of seasons, Yeah? Our life is a life of seasons, and we have these times where it feels like spring, and everything's growing, and we're feeling really good, and the weather is kind of nice, and then there are times this feels like summer, and it's like, oh, this is oppressive, and the heat, and what's happening, and I just want to get to the next season, and then we get into fall, and it's, we're refreshed again, then the leaves start falling, and it seems to be a lot of work. And then it gets to winter, and then it gets really cold. And sometimes we like to just kind of hole up and spend some time in prayer. And I think our lives are much like the seasons, yeah? And that's why I love being in Pennsylvania, because we actually have seasons versus somewhere like Florida. Not to say I'd ever go to Florida, but I would go there, but you get it. So let's pray tonight before we uh, hear what God has to say to us. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you've given so many prophetic words over this church that we are excited about and that you are just moving. Even when we're not seeing you move, you are moving. And, Father, your evidence is so real and there's miracles that are occurring um, in physical bodies, in the financial realms, and in every way, Father, you are just bringing miracle after miracle. Uh, You are so faithful to us. You are so good. And, Father, help us to remember that you are a good, good God. You are such a good God. And we thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. If you brought your Bibles, that's great. If you brought a notepad, uh, that's good. I have a lot of scriptures tonight. I know I send, them to Rich, I send them to Rich like, you know, Wednesday morning sometime. And I'm like typing these scriptures. I'm like, wow. 
I got a lot of scriptures tonight, so hold on, get ready. I don't know how many I'll get through. But last week, I started a kind of a little two-week series, and I was talking about the abundant harvest, the abundant harvest. And I talked all about what that is and what, it, what, it's, what it's all about, and uh, we talked about a bumper crop and how that crop is just something that is above and beyond what you could ask or imagine, right? Ephesians 3.20. It's just you couldn't even imagine this provision that God has in store for you in your life, not just financially, but in a relationship and in your job and in all these different ways. And it, it really, the Bible talks about so much you don't even know how to store it. You don't even know how to store it. And so tonight, if you were here last week, tonight you get the pleasure of hearing the second part of the message, which is how to reap the abundant harvest how to actually reap the abundant harvest. Because a lot of times I think we just walk around and we just pray and say, okay, Lord, I need this to be done. And then you just, we expect it to be done and that's good. We do, we pray and we expect. But then a lot of times God's leading us to do something, to be obedient in some way, shape or form. I've been talking on Sunday mornings a lot about tithing. If you haven't been here, then you can listen to those messages. I've been talking about tithing and the importance of it. Because the Bible talks so much about the blessings being tied to obedience. The blessings are tied to obedience. And so when we want a bill paid, and we're praying for the bill paid, and the Lord's saying, you need to be tithing, you need to be tithing. You say, well, I can't tithe because I can't pay the bill. And then usually the answer is, well, you can't pay the bill because you're not tithing. And everyone's just like, well, I don't want to hear that. Uh, I know, I, I get you, I hear you. But this is what the Bible is talking about when it comes to obedience. And so I want to talk about how to reap the abundant harvest. Mark 4, Mark 4, verse 26 through 29, I want to start there. And he said, the kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. So the Bible is commanding us here, you know, if we want to see a harvest, if we want to see an abundance, he has called us to sow. He has called us to sow a seed in people's lives. He's called us to, co- uh, to sow a seed financially in many different ways. This is, I, the Bible uses agricultural and farming examples over and over and over for that reason. Verse 28. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. You see, the first point here is reaping is not automatic. Reaping is not automatic. How do we reap this abundant harvest? I'm going to give you three ways to do that. And they're kind of, each one kind of layers on top of the other. You kind of have to do all of them. But the first thing you need to know is reaping is not automatic. The harvest won't jump from the field into the barn by itself. It just doesn't do it. I mean, ask a farmer. Yeah, ask any. It just doesn't do it. I mean, we try to, I think I've told you the stories of our, we are not gardeners, okay? My wife Liz and I, we are not gardeners. And we try very, very hard to, we used to try very, very hard. Now we don't try at all. So now what happens is, you know, we just planted a tomato plant and we just let it go and this thing is like harvesting like crazy. Like this all stuff. Okay. So it's messing with my analogy, right? But what I'm saying is, is that, that the, the harvest does not jump from the field into the barn. 
There's a quote here from Kenneth Copeland uh, that I want to say. It's from uh, uh, Get Your Mind on the Harvest. I'm going to read it. If you haven't thought of yourself as a harvester before now, start thinking of yourself that way, as a harvester. Renew your mind to the truth of God's word. Dare to believe the Lord of the harvest is calling you, yes, you, to help him bring in his end time crops. To help him bring in, he is calling us to be harvesters. I heard Chris over here praying for laborers. Like we, we are laborers. The body of Christ is who he is called to be laborers, to bring in this harvest, to bring in the harvest of souls. He is speaking to you and saying, until now, you've known me as the Lord over your seed. You've known me as your bread provider, but I want, but now I want you to know me as Lord and minister of the harvest. Jesus is the minister of the harvest. So what's the first thing we have to do? Number one, we reap this abundant harvest when we are obedient. We reap the abundant harvest when we are obedient. Again, no farmer expects a harvest without sowing. Deuteronomy 30, verse 9 says this. Deuteronomy 30, verse 9, 9 and 10. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand and in the fruit of your body and in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for, for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. So this is where we get really excited. The, this is the part of the scripture where we get super excited. He is going to make us abound in everything that we do, in the work of our hand, in the fruit of our body, in the livestock, everything that we have, everything that we own, he's going to multiply and produce. He's going to rejoice over us. And then we get to verse 10. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep His commandments and His statutes which are written in the book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And how often I read that, we, we, we love Matthew 6.33. You know, seek Him in His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And what this is referencing is a very similar concept here, is what it's saying is if you do this, if you walk in obedience, if you do the things the Lord is calling you to do, if you turn to the Lord your God with your heart and with your soul, He is always faithful to do His part. The times where it feels like He's unfaithful to His part, He's actually not unfaithful. It's usually our part, actually always, not usually. It's always our part that gets messed up. We're human. We mess up. We have to ask for forgiveness. Deuteronomy 28, I'm not going to have you turn there. I'm not going to read through all those. But in Deuteronomy 28, I called it the obedience sandwich. The obedience sandwich. Deuteronomy 28 is the blessings of the seed of Abraham. All the blessings that Abraham's, the covenant of Abraham had for those who would continue to be in his covenant for generations to come, which is us. So there's blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. But if you read that passage carefully, verse 2, I think, through 13... Verse 2 starts with, you need to obey these commands. 
And then it's like blessing, blessing, blessing. Verse 7 is just like, by the way, if you forgot, you need to obey these commands. Blessing, 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 blessing. And then verse 13 is like, oh yeah, by the way, in case you forgot everything I just told you, you need to obey these commands. You say, well, what are these commands? Well, what is God telling us to go do? Love one another. Take care of those who are in need. And if you look over and over and over, most of the things he's calling us to do is not for ourselves. Not for ourselves. You say, I want to be more like Jesus. How many times did Jesus do a whole lot of stuff for himself? Not very often. He mostly always had his eyes focused on somebody else, somebody else's need. And so this idea of planting, this idea of sowing in order to reap, I'm not talking about just financially. Although the principle works in the financial realm. You see, God's principle works in many realms. So you talk about relationship. You want relationships to be restored. Are you sowing into that relationship? Are you sowing into that other person? Are you going out and figuring out what their love language is? Are you going out and figuring out what makes them feel loved? What do they like? What do they dislike? How do you, they want to spend time with you? Are you sowing into that? Because when you sow into that, you then reap the benefits of that. But if you sow discord, if you sow jealousy, if you sow envy, hatred, you end up reaping that as well. And so this law of sowing and reaping applies to every single area of our life. You know, this walking in obedience, there's many things that God specifically tells us we need to do in his word. And yes, we don't measure up. I'm telling you, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Every single one of us have messed up somehow, some way today. Okay? Let's be honest. We all messed up today. Well, I didn't steal anything from the grocery store today. Okay. Yeah, but you had a fearful thought. You know, you, you took a hold of that. Although the thoughts come from the enemy. You may have said something you didn't want to say. You may have done something to your children you didn't want to do. Whatever. Right? I get it. We all have sinned almost every single day and have fallen short of the glory of God. But what he is saying, what he is saying, that we, he's asking us to live a life searching and driving and seeking obedience to his word and what he has for us. It's what he's asking us to go do. And then there's many times where the Lord has given us, he's done this to me many times, he's given you a personal word, something that you can't find specifically here in the Bible. So, for example, in my own life, uh, 2010, I was sitting probably, eh, let's see, maybe four or five rows. We used to always sit there when we came here 20 years ago. This was in 2010. It's about nine years ago. We're sitting right about there. We had a guest speaker in here. His name was Christopher Alum. Does anybody ever remember Christopher Alum? Know who this guy is, all right? So I can tell you I don't know a single thing he was talking about. Not one word. I have no idea what he's preaching on. But I'm sitting there, and clear as day, the Lord said, I want you to leave GE. I was working at GE at the time. And let me just tell you, I had my dream job at GE. So this wasn't like, oh, you know, this is an escape from a problem. No, I had my dream job. Todd, yes, he knows. I love this job. This was like the job. I love this thing. This was it. He says, leave GE and go help at the church, whether they pay you or not. Okay. I've got four kids. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is totally ridiculous. And so I'm sitting there, and my wife, Liz, she's in the back holding one of our babies. We had four at the time, so it had to be Eva. She's standing in the, on the back wall, and she's holding the baby. And I go walking back, like, during the middle of service. I'm just like, like, i got to tell somebody about this. I'm going to tell her. 
I'm like, hey, hon. She's like, I know. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, I have something to tell you. She's like, no, I know. I'm like, what do you mean you know? She's like, yeah, we're supposed to leave GE. I'm like, <clears throat> what are you talking about? He was talking to me up here, not you back there. But you know what, guys? God confirms his word. When he speaks to you, he speaks through other people as well. And he confirms the word. So if I would have walked back there and Liz would have been like, no, I believe GE, we were supposed to stay at G for the rest of our, our lives. I'd have been like, okay, someone's not hearing God correctly here. But it was absolutely confirmed, like right away. I'm like, are you serious? And so what did I do? I debated God for months and months and months. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't, and the further away you get from obedience to when God has given you that word, the harder it is to remember what he actually told you to go do. So I would suggest from an obedience factor, if he tells you to do something, ask him, do you want me to do that right now? And if he says yes, then please do it right now. Should, I feel like the Lord's telling me I should call somebody. Should I do that now? Yes or no? We have to ask those questions. Well, he was asking for obedience. Now, fast forward 10 years, and now I'm here. I would have never, ever, ever thought in my wildest dreams that, I, that Liz and I would be senior pastors of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. I was an engineer. I was working at GE. I was a plant manager. I loved my job. Loved it. But he's calling for obedience in our life. I, honestly, I could have said no. I really could have. I mean, it's a choice we all make. I could have said no. I could probably be still sitting there. I may or may not have eight kids. I mean, we have eight now. We had four at the time. I don't know where our, my life would have been or where that would have transpired. But each and every one of us, God speaks to you. You understand that? He speaks to you, and he's asking for obedience in the things that he has said. And many times I'll walk and I'll say, Lord, I feel like I haven't heard from you in a while. And this happened during this time where I was debating with God. I haven't heard from you in a while, Lord. I want to walk in obedience, God. I want to walk in obedience. What do you have for me? And it's like crickets. It's like, I don't hear anything. God's not speaking. Why? And very clearly, he was like, I already told you what I want you to go do. Like sometimes he's, just, he, he's not a threatening and repeating parent like we are to our, to our kids. I told you to do that. I told you to do that. I to Sometimes he says, I told you to do that. And then he's quiet. And we walk around wondering why we can't hear the voice of the Lord anymore. It's because you didn't, listen, you didn't do the last thing he told you to go do. So if you're here tonight and you have something that you feel like you can't hear from God, or you're not quite sure what your next step is to do, go back and look wherever you wrote it down. What did God already tell you to do that you're not doing? We want to reap the abundant harvest. We want to walk in abundant blessings, but we don't want to follow what God has told us to go do. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Number two. Number two. We reap with words of faith. We reap with words of faith. So not only do we have to be obedient, but we, begin, we must begin to use the power of our words. We must begin to be careful with what we say. You're, you're standing there, you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm believing that my, 
you know, my relationship is going to be completely restored. But I just can't stand her. I don't understand why she does that. I just, you know, I just, she is this and she is that and she is this and she is that. And I just don't like her and I just don't know why she does that. And I'm not even attracted to her anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Do you think that God is going to just be like, okay, yeah, let's bring them back together. Let's get that relationship restored. No. There's death and life in the power of our tongue. In what we say and how we say it. We have to be extremely careful. You know, the, the word says that we plant, we water, but God makes it grow. There's something we have to go do to make this thing grow. We have to plant and we have to water. And I believe what it means there is we are watering with our words. In Romans 10, in Romans 10, uh, 16, it says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we, we quote verse 17 like all the time. Like I always quote, like faith comes by hearing, talking to my kids. Hey kids, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You need to hear the word of God. But what if you look at what happened comes right before that? But they have not obeyed the gospel. They have not obeyed, the, they have not done what God has called them to go do. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. The reason why we need to hear and hear the word of God is because it builds our faith. Our faith to be able to do what God has called us to go do. And I have not seen it that way before. I just think it's going to build my faith for the situation. Because it does, it does. God's word builds your faith. You know what? I'm believing in healing for my life. I'm believing in healing for my stomach or for my shoulder or whatever, and I'm asking, I'm believing, I'm reading the scriptures over it. But what I think what this also does, what he's also saying here, is this, this hearing the word of God helps us to actually obey and walk in obedience. I've not read that before. I've always just quoted verse 17. I forgot about verse 16. Too often, just as a side note, we do that. We take scriptures out. And we put them all together and we say, ooh, I like that, I like that, I like that, I like that. I don't like what comes before it or after it, but I like this part in the middle. And many a times, God's word is a story. This is a story of, of God's redemption of mankind from the beginning to the end. You can't take something out of Romans and say, well, it doesn't have, well, Genesis says, no, it all comes together. God's word is a complete whole package. Old Testament, New Testament, it comes together with Jesus being the, being the difference between the old and the new. Yeah? This is a whole package here. So we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. If we are walking, that means we're moving forward. And if you're moving forward, it means you're not stagnant. If you're walking by faith, you're walking in obedience to what God has called. So he may have said, leave GE. And I debated, and I arm-wrestled. I remember driving in my Jeep back at, you guys remember my Jeep that I had, that real big Jeep? Some of you might remember that thing. I'll get another Jeep someday. Jairus and I talk about it all the time. <clears throat> okay, but I had this big Jeep I had to sell it because I have eight kids. So I need something more convenient for them to drive around in. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, I'd drive back and forth to GE in this big Jeep, and I would just like arm-wrestle with God all the time. I'm, this is, I don't want to do this. I'm not even... I, was, I don't know if I had something bad in my coffee that morning. I don't know what it was. But, you know, what God, I don't think you actually said. And I would arm wrestle this. And I would wrestle with, with God about not actually doing this. And what he's saying is, no, you need to do what I've told you to do, to walk in obedience. 
to walk in faith and obedience to what I have for you. Walk in faith and obedience. This is how we, that's number one, basically, and number two. In James 2.14, it says this, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and be filled. (laughs) But don't give them anything that they need for their body. What does that profit? Thus also by thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's exactly what the Bible is telling us. We must walk in obedience, but we as we walk, we have to walk in faith. We have to speak words of faith as we are walking. Faith plus action equals results. Thus we need to read it, we need to speak it. God's word I'm referring to. We need to speak it because, guess what? We are in the image of God. And because we are in the image of God, we've been talking about this on Sunday mornings of our identity, we have creative power. You see, God is a creative being. If we are in his image, we have creative power. And how he, is, how he says to us, we have creative power, life and death and the power of our tongue. And I find this extremely, extremely Amazing, to be honest with you, that we have the power to call forth our future. We actually have power to call forth our future. In fact, Liz and I were just talking about this today. Today. We were a bit overwhelmed with life, uh, which is not totally uncommon, I must say. Not totally uncommon. We were live, we were, it was just a tough day. A lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on every day of our life with kids and the church and stuff. And I stood there and I said, do you know what? We have exactly, we have exactly what we have been calling forth for a decade. Exactly. So 2010, when we were there, it was go work at the church whether they pay you or not. And God began to give us a vision of our life, of us working together of us being together, my wife and I being together, working together, having a big family, and raising our kids, you know, in his kingdom. Like, we had this vision of this doing. In fact, I even felt like we are supposed to have a white house on a decent size of land. Honestly, 10 years, fast forward 10 years later, we have called forth exactly, exactly what we, what we were saying has come to pass in our life. And so we, what, we, what we say with our mouth, we must totally un- need to understand that needs to be aligned with God's word. Has to be aligned with God's word. Because what you speak forth will end up coming to about, and what you want to come to happen in your life is God's word in your life. This is what you want. Mark eleven twenty two. Many of us know this scripture. You can write this down if you're writing stuff down. Your mouth is your harvesting instrument. Your mouth is your harvesting instrument. We're talking about reaping, harvest, abundant harvest. Our mouth is actually the instrument that brings in the harvest. Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed. Whoever says to the mountain, says to it, speaks to it, commands it, to be moved and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things 
he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you will receive them and you will have them. Those are some bold words. Those are some bold words. I think oftentimes we pray. We pray little prayers because we're not quite sure God's going to do the big ones. How many are like, how many are guilty of that? Yeah, that's me. You're just like, ah, you know, Lord, well, could you just take care of this one small thing? God wants to do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. So we need to stop having little wimpy prayers, yeah? Let's have some big prayers, bold prayers. Because as far as I'm concerned, if I'm reading this correctly, it says we need to ask for mountains to be moved in our lives. Mountains to be moved on our, in our lives. That's right. And in this church, that's good. The last thing, number three. Oof, I'll wrap this up here. We reap, we reap with words of praise. With words of praise. Again here, we're watering this with our words. What praise is doing is it's putting the focus, the emphasis, the magnifying glass, the microscope on the provider and not the problem. It's putting our focus. When we worship and we praise him, you can do it in your car. Some of you do it in the shower. I found out recently that singing in your garage is very acoustically pleasing. Okay? I don't know why. I I suggest you go try it. Because no one can hear you out. No one can hear me because I'm a terrible singer. I went in the garage. I was like, sign me up on the worship team. Like, where's Andy? Like, where's he at? Like, I'm going to do my audition tape in the garage. Like, I don't know why it sounds good in there. But you need to worship him. You need to worship, worship, and worship. Because what it does, it just lifts our eyes up. It puts our eyes on him. It magnifies him. And when we magnify him, everything else in our life seems to get smaller. Everything else begins to get smaller. Psalm 67.5 says this, Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. Oh boy, sounds like a harvest to me. Sounds like abundant harvest to me. How does the abundant harvest come? We walk in obedience, we speak words of faith, and then we praise him. We worship him while we wait. We may not have seen it yet. You say, well, Pastor Jason, my prayer request hasn't been answered yet. No, God is working. You need to understand, God is working on this on your behalf. He, if he says he hears you when you pray, so believe that he hears you when he prays and then walk in it. Church, you do not have to continue to beg God for an answer for the prayer. You can pray multiple times. It's not a sin if you pray multiple times. It's not like you're like the person of the littlest faith if you pray for the same thing more than once. But I can tell you is when you do pray and you cast that up to him, he's got it. He's got it covered and technically you really only have to pray it once. And then you walk and believe in faith that he's going to answer that. And you worship while you wait. Let all the people praise you. Verse 6, then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oral uh, Oral Roberts said this, Once you sow the seed, once you sow that seed, whatever it is, that seed that you're sowing in a relationship, maybe it's financially, maybe it's in your job, whatever, once you sow that seed, you have to go from being seed-minded 
to harvest-minded. Plant the seed. That's the obedience part. And then you begin to change into harvest-minded. Speaking the harvest and praising the harvest in. Speaking it and praising it in. So how do we reap an abundant harvest? Obedience, words of faith, and words of praise. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the harvest. (laughs) Thank you, Father, that there are miracles of harvest coming to this church, to this city, to this area. Father, we just thank you for revival. Father, we just pray daily for revival in in this town. Father, we just want to see the city transformed, our church transformed. But most of all, and first of all, we want our own lives transformed. Father, may we see you in a new light. May we know our identity. May we know, Father, what you, the authority that you've given us. Father, may we not walk around prideful or arrogant, but walk around in love and in compassion. Father, I thank you that your word says when we lay hands on the sick, they shall be healed. When we cast out demons, they will flee. And so, Father, tonight I just thank you, Lord, that you have made us warriors. You have made us warriors in your kingdom. And, Father, thank you for the strength to fight the enemy, to fight the darkness with all of the weapons you have already given us, with the Holy Spirit, your word, the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. And, Father, we just pray a blessing over each person here tonight as we go our way. We thank you for a midweek refreshing of being in your presence, being able to worship you. And Father, I pray especially that you help us to walk in obedience, not only to your word, Father, but the specific words that you have given us, ones that you can't find the details of, like leave GE or go do this or go do that. Lord, may we walk in obedience. May we plant that seed of obedience Father, may we watch the words of our mouth that we would speak words of life and not death, words of faith and not doubt. And Father, help us to walk by faith and not by what we see, not by our sight in the physical realm. And Father, I just pray that you strengthen us and remind us throughout the rest of this week to worship while we wait, to sing praises to you in our car, in the garage, in the shower, all the acoustically pleasing places, and even those that are not, Father. Help us to be bold to worship you. And Father, we just raise a hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah tonight. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Wow, 733. You are dismissed. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.